Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. It's international break time and to help you get through this difficult time. I've assembled some of the most knowledgeable PSG fans on the internet, or at least the ones who are available at this time slot that we're recording on Wednesday. Uh, I'm battling a cold right now. You can see from my tissues here. So uh, excuse my phlegmy voice, uh, but let's check in with our panel. We've got Guillaume, Kose, and Matt. Uh, let's just go around. Guillaume, you look like you're somewhere secluded. Where are you right now? I am uh, on the Russian River in the back country of Northern California. Spring has arrived. I'm surrounded by redwoods. There's ducks everywhere, large birds, and I'm in very good company. Putin's not around, is he? He's not riding a moose in the background somewhere? Possibly. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Where are we now? What is happening? What is this background? I don't know. Yeah, something's happening on on Skype, which we're all using. Um, That's strange. Um, It's kind of nice. But we don't see it here on the actual stream. Uh, let, let's go and check in with Kose, who on my stream is just the Skype logo, but let's check in with you. How is everything going? Hello. Um, that's weird. Can can you see me? I can see you now. I got you. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, I'm just here in Missouri, you know, still um, buzzing about the game, buzzing about the draw. I think there's so many things to talk about today, you know, can't wait to get started. Absolutely. And then, Matt, I want to check in with you. How is everything going? And how soon can you get down to Stamford Bridge? We need Tuchel to start losing at Chelsea. He's making us look really bad. So get check. let us know how you're doing and then give us a, a Tuchel update. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm good, thanks, Ed. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Tuchel update. Yeah, still, still life's still looking pretty good for him. He still seems quite chilled, seems quite relaxed. He's been chatting about PSG a bit recently. Uh but yeah, maybe I'll head down to London uh, tomorrow and hang out by the training ground and try and nobble him or something, or maybe uh, maybe stick something in the tea because uh, yeah, like you say, showing us up at the moment. Yeah, we're we're almost destined for meeting them in the final, or at least them reaching the final, and we don't. Something bad, <laughs> foreshadowing uh, with Tuchel there. They're doing quite well, but uh, we're not doing PSG's not doing too bad themselves. Uh, that's, and that's where I want to start the show. Um, you know, let's start with PSG's uh, win, 4-2 over Leon. Pretty comfortable, um, you know, coming off that loss to Nantes. Uh, what did you make of this performance? And more importantly, are we, are we getting to the point where PSG in these big, important games, we kind of expect them to win now? It seems like it's kind of flipped. Before, PSG would do well against, like, Toulouse and, and the Nantes of the world. And now we're losing to Nantes and beating Barcelona. So, like, h- how did that flip? Um, talk about that and then the game itself. We can start with Guillaume. Who knows? Crazy times. <laughs> crazy times. It's crazy times. Uh, we play without people in the stadium. Uh, as, you know, the club has been... Those guys are Formula Ones. They're, they're like super athletes. I mean, the... I I'm in awe 
of the athleticism in modern football. It's absurd. So you prepare these guys, and when there's a big interruption, it 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 they they get out of tune. And the big interruption was COVID, was four months without playing, and then give it 120% during the Champions League, without a break going into League One. Uh, and then they exploded physically, injuries coming in, uh, a mess. And now we don't know, we never really knew with that team how they're going to show up on match day. It's been a common theme. Now, more than ever, and then suddenly, Posh comes in, and we know how demanding he is in terms of intensity and organization. The training sessions went up in intensity, and we think we're going somewhere, and boom, there's a game against Snot, and we play like fools, and is it mental? Is it physical? It's, it's, a, whole, it's a whole thing. But God damn it, that first half against Young. Oh, guys, I, it, to me, was the best first half in, in, in League One. Uh, I don't remember seeing them play against such an opponent, against such an incredible... I mean, Lyon is no joke. Ask Manchester City, ask Juventus, um, ask Bayern Munich for half an hour. They're no joke. They're a great team. They are very competitive. They believe in, in their football. And they got completely, completely overwhelmed by a team where everybody was playing as a group, giving 100%, knowing what they had to do. Gorgeous, gorgeous percent. So is it going to last? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a mystic. I don't see in the future. But... There's good signs. Yeah. Yeah, they can turn on. They can turn on. And maybe they're learning. It's, it's, it's a physical thing, but it's a very mental thing. And Posh is great for this. Um, they turn on against Barcelona during the first leg, not the second leg. They, tur- they, they were incredible against, I mean, 4-0. 4-0. At OL. There were fireworks at the beginning of the, see how they believed it? <laughs> they were, oh yeah, 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 fireworks! The players coming on the pitch, and then then they got destroyed like they've never been destroyed by by us. At uh, on you know their stad their stadium, brand new stadium, incredible. How is it going to be next week? Uh, yeah, that's the big question. We're going to talk about that game against Lille, and then uh, Bayern Munich. We'll talk about the draw here in a second. But Kose, I want to go to you. If you want to talk about the the four two win. Um, Mbappe was spectacular. We'll, we'll dive into his performance a little bit more later too. But if you had any overall thoughts on the performance, and if you want to talk in particular about how it just seems like in these big games, because this was a big game, this was a chance to go top of league on um, with uh, Lille dropping points to what was it uh, Nîmes, I believe it was. Nîmes. Yeah, so they they helped us out a bit. I mean, this was a massive game, and, and PSG showed up and smacked them around. It was four nil, and, and Lyon got two late goals, and you know a little nervy at the end, but. Comfortable, but uh, what do you think about that game? Absolutely. I mean, I was really looking forward to this game. Like you said, um, you know, if we lost, we would have gone third. Um, if we won, we went first. That's what happened. Um, I was really happy with the performance. I think everybody in the team really 
really behaved well. Um, you know, Navas, obviously, again, fantastic. Um, Diallo had a great performance as well. Um, even Pereira managed to score. So we know that, uh, you know, that li literally 100% of the team was just working like a fine-tuned machine. And I do agree a lot with what Guillaume said about how really the test for Pochettino is going to be the um, the consistency, right? Because we can bring that, um, you know, it was amazing the half, the shift that PSG put in the first half. It was a fantastic game that we did against the first leg in Barcelona as well. Um, so we know that he, we know that Pochettino knows how to set up a team and that our team has quality to face any team in the world, which obviously we'll talk about later. Um, but um, but I do think that consistency is the issue to tackle now. And it's been shown into why we, you know, struggle so much with the league this season. Um, you know, we have other 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 really good teams like Monaco who shall not be forgotten as well. They're doing fantastic. So I think that for us to be able to be as effective as we are in these quote-unquote big games and then um, do that in a weekly basis. That's that's really what the challenge is going to be, and and being able to do that with the whole with the whole team, not just with your group of of starters. Um, it was fantastic to see, um, you know, Neymar back on the pitch. Um, he was really good as well, and I I was happy to see him playing again. And that's something that has me really excited because. Our team is coming together. Our team is coming back, and if we really just can manage that consistency, that consistency part, um, we can be a force to be reckoned with. We are. Yeah, I almost forgot that Neymar came, and that's how good the performance was. I was like, oh yeah, we won, and Neymar came back from injury. Um, Matt, how do you see this win? Was it was a big win? I mean, Leon, nothing to sneeze at. Um, good players on the road. They were definitely up for it, and we came out and unpredictably, like, just steamrolled them in that first half. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, definitely. I thought it was quite a lot better than I was expecting. I think that's probably the best we've played in league on this season by quite a long way. Certainly yes. for the first 60 minutes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think, like, to your point about winning the big games, Ed, I hope that you're right, because obviously that's something we didn't do in the first half of the league season, wasn't it? With obviously the defeat to Leon and... Uh, uh, Lille and, uh, and Monaco and whatnot. So I think that would be a welcome development if that is the case. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought we were really good. I thought Leon were a little bit disappointing, to be honest, a bit tentative. I mean, Garcia's got a bit of a rep for, you know, not being the best in the big game situations, maybe the opposite to Pochettino. And um, that maybe came to the fore a bit. It felt like they were trying not to lose at first, just like to, you know, keep it tight and see what happens. Um, but that obviously went out the window quite early on when we scored. So, uh, so, yeah, really, really excellent performance, really fluid. I mean, I wasn't excited about the Danilo uh, gay double pivot in midfield. I thought this could be a bit of a problem, but actually both of them played really well. I thought Amazing. Was, was, uh, Danilo seems to get a bit better every game. I think he's still, there's still a few issues with just the speed he gets around the pitch, but um, I think he had a good game and I think Gay was like really good. He was like all over the place. So a lot of positives to take for sure and um, always nice to... Uh, get one over them i always find it quite amusing and um yeah yeah just a really good good night all round we might have to we're gonna have to just get used to dinio i mean we've got the uh, obligation to buy right so he's gonna be sticking around yeah for a little guys, bit. yeah go ahead guys, Guillaume. no come on um you know i he's a go on youtube look at danilo porto 
Moving to Paris, moving to PSG, playing with Neymar, Mbappé, Verratti, Di Maria, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Even for a veteran Portuguese international is a huge deal. And, and he did score I, a goal, which was nicely yeah. taken, I thought. I feel, I feel like he was... Scoring. It's, it's the second goal he's scoring. The pair, that, I think that's the great news of this game, is that not only... You say Lyon were not great. I kind of disagree. They played their game. We raised the bar to untenable levels for him, for them. And they played, and they won in Manchester City. They, I mean, again, it's a serious team on a, a European yeah, level. Definitely. They're not a top four. They're not. A, they, they can be close to a top eight sometimes if they can raise their level. We raised the bar so high. The main reason is. One of the key factors in this game is Gay Danilo, that double pivot. Suddenly, Gay had a phenomenal game. And I remember on the, on the PSG subreddit, someone posted a, a picture of Makelele and Vieira. It felt a little bit like this. That was a game for Danilo. And he had a brilliant, brilliant game. Because Lyon has a very active physical midfield, and Danilo is a beast physically. And that pair worked. And as everybody else was doing their job, everybody had a great... They, did, they, they, they were the two pillars of the team. They, they had, PSG had no solution... Oh, PSG, I'm so sorry. OL had no solution for them. Yeah, definitely. Then uh, Verratti, Verratti can do his thing. Mbappe can do his thing. Di Maria can do his thing. <laughs> and they did. And for Posh, it's huge. He's like, okay. Because he's still trying to play Verity up front. It gives him like solid, even more solid options in the configuration of, of the team according to who, who, who we're going to play. And if, if, if it becomes a thing, Gay Danilo, and as you know, he's very comfortable playing with double pivot because he's, he's coming from the Premier League. And uh, I, mean, I mean, most teams... Love, they're two big defensive midfielders, very active, uh, pressing, tackling, getting the ball back, all that stuff. It's a huge, it's huge news for the team and for Pudge, um, and for Danilo, and for Gay, because Gay, it's good to see him having a red performance, because it doesn't happen, he was okay, sometimes he was bad, you know. Wow. And especially in this part of the season where we're coming to the later stage of the Champions League. And we're going to draw, and we drew Bayern Munich. And we saw what, you know, world class, international level defensive mid midfielders can bring in added value to the game. And Munich has one of the greatest pairs in, a, in, in world football. So that's an option for Posh. Okay, Gay Danilo, if they play like this against Munich, if he decides to go with that, the ball pick. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be interesting. Um, we can transition. I got one more question about the Leon game, and then we can get into Bayern Munich. But Pochettino definitely has some decisions to make in that midfield. Danilo, with that kind of performance, is definitely has to be in consideration for um, starting in that game or in that tie. So, um, But real quick, I, I wanted to talk, and I feel like we've talked about this before. Kose, we can go to you on this one. I thought Mbappe was quite stunning against uh, Leon. I mean, he was amazing. Um, 
going forward. He scored a couple goals, just brilliant. There was that one pass from Verratti, and he just outran everyone. It was just great. I know we've we've talked about this because I know Guillaume has said that he's getting healthier and that sort of thing, but what are you seeing that Pochettino is doing? Because Mbappe definitely seems to be scoring more goals now than he was under Tuchel. Is it a health thing, or is Pochettino doing something to unleash uh, Mbappe? Well, it's interesting. It's actually interesting because I think it really all comes down to <laughs> this, uh, this this style of football that Pochettino likes to play, and Pochettino likes to play a style that is much less conservative than the type of play that Tuchel likes. And you know, Tuchel will defend while having the ball, and he will try to compress teams and move them around, and uh, you know, put them in awkward spaces, and then try to get goals like that. But that ultimately turns into boring football. And, you know, sometimes players like Mbappe really suffer from systems like that because they don't really have the space that they need to be able to score. Um, if you look at the style of play that Pochettino plays, and I think that's the funny part is that because of that, that's why I think we are less consistent in the league because the way that Tuchel play would make a team, an incre- in, a, a team very consistent in the league. Um, but a team the way... Uh, the Pochettino plays is a team that varies the level of football that they can play at all times and thus create a lot of inconsistencies during the league time. So I think that this style of play, though, gives Mbappe much more space and much more plays much more to the types of abilities that he has. And we, we saw this in the first goal that he scored, very, very reminiscent of, of his goal for France against uh, Argentina. Argentina. Yeah. Um, and it was... Yeah, Absolutely, exactly. He had the space, he ran, and he managed to take that 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 rebound. And and then in the second goal, he I think it was Marcelo, he absolutely destroyed him. Like he Marcelo had like I think five or six feet that he was ahead of Mbappe and still, you know, Mbappe just came, swooped the ball and 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 finished the, the, the game. So I think that it really comes down to all of the space that he's being awarded now. Um, and how he's able to use it. And we saw he scored four times in two games against Barcelona, twice against Lyon. If you, if you, if you set him up, he's going to be devastating. And Keane, guys. Yeah, yeah. Who, oh, who came oh, back from oh, international oh. duty, right, due to fatigue or something I saw today. Oh, okay, good. I think uh, Italy good. sent him home. Um, real quick, Kose, I got to check in with you because Keane. you're – uh, favorite player Di Maria did score a pretty comical goal, I thought, <laughs> on off that free kick. That I have no, I still don't know how that went in. Any words on Di Maria, who seems to be hitting some, you know, period of good form lately? You know, it's funny because the every time the come um, Di Maria setting up to take the free the free kick and the commentator goes, um, you know, Di Maria he always likes to set these up like for them to kind of like go in anyway, so that if no one touches, it'll just go in anyway. And I'm like, mm, all right, okay. And then he literally goes and then does that. I was just typing in the chat, Lopez is trash for letting that goal go wow. in. Because he that is going to, imagine Di Maria free kick. Isn't he like, he's? I think he's like the second most accurate free, free kick taker in like the top five leagues last five or six years. So now is this is going to be start padding because Leon have a trash goalkeeper. Nah. They don't I mean, have a trash goalkeeper. He's <laughs> well, rock solid. He's a phenomenal keeper. He's rock solid. He's consistent. He's an excellent goalkeeper. But What's he doing at Leon then? Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's listen, I, they 
look at look at the lineup of Lyon. They have a lot of internationals. They have not world class players, but Dupe, Paqueta, they have solid players. Um, he's, he's a solid player. He's a solid international level player. He's 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 a, he's a starter with the somewhat with the uh, Portugal national team. And Di Maria is a magical left foot. I, I mean, I I enjoyed uh, Lopez's performance, particularly on the first goal, because you know what he's like for like always like doing a stupid save for the camera. Like the ball will be coming right at him, and he'll go whoa and like push it away like this. And he literally did that, and he pushed it. If he'd just saved it normally, it probably wouldn't have even gone straight to Mbappe. I mean, Mbappe did brilliantly but, to control it and smash it back in. Get, but like, he's not going to get do a it, good mate, photo no? for Instagram though. Yeah, what, that's true. What, yeah. what a beautiful yeah. goal! Verratti almost yeah. scored. Yeah, I mean, but, I. I mean, they, they're all good goals for different reasons. I particularly enjoyed the Danilo one. I have to say, just because he hit it so hard, oh. it felt like he was visualizing like all the people on PSG Twitter who have like been criticizing him for months, and he was just like, "Right, take this, you bastards!" And then just like powered it into the bottom corner. It was really good. Anyway. Marquinhos completely annihilated everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. A guy yeah. was like probably eight centimeters taller. Yeah. Than- and and you look if you see a still of that action, Marquinhos is a head higher. He's amazing in here. Air Marquinhos. Oh. Kim Pembe with the outside of the boot cross as well. It was a lovely goal for, for love. a number of reasons. Yeah. Kim Pembe suddenly thought he was Paul, Paul Pogba. Yeah. Thing, you know? Well, we started yeah. out talking about Mbappe playing well, but just the team as a whole. Are we ready to say that maybe Pochettino is actually starting to do something that maybe Tuchel wasn't doing? Or is this just a case of the team getting healthier and used to playing together? Is that, Guillaume, you think that's the case? Yeah, I mean, we're feeling something. We're not sure what it is, but we're feeling something. In terms of that's the podcast title, investment. <laughs> oh yeah, we're feeling something. We don't know what it is, but we're feeling something. In terms of involvement, like mental involvement in the game, that little edge. It can be subtle, and it can change everything. Again, based on that first half, this guy. He's got to have a way to talk to those players. And, and you know, he's, he's, he speaks Spanish. There's so many Spanish-speaking. Neymar is, is bilingual in Spanish. There's a, um, there's a vibe by, by Posh that Tuchel wasn't bringing. Tuchel is a weirdo. I love him. He's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. But I don't think he can connect to the players like Posh can. And we have emotional players. Maria's emotional, Neymar's emotional, and they are, they, they, you know, they're very emotional guys. So if you can fine-tune that emotion, and, and you know, they have a Latin America vibe. And Posh, I mean, how can we say there was no Pochenido influence on that, on that victory? You know, it's impossible. Yeah. So we're seeing... I haven't seen guys that first half against Lyon. It's been a while. Unbelievable <laughs> level of football. Unbelievable. If we can play like this more often than less often. We got a chance. Matt, you're up we there are... in uh, Premier League country with a lot of the top managers in the world. 
<laughs> Sorry. Like, I see, like, David Moyes is sort of, uh, and West Ham are, uh, are making an assault on the Champions League places this season, which should tell you all you need to know about the level of uh, quality <laughs> managers. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, well, well, to that point, is it even more amazing that PSG ended up with Pochettino, given so many teams, other than Pep Guardiola at City, I mean, they seem to be set uh, with what they've got. But how in the hell did we end up with Pochettino? He was just sitting there. Anybody could have had him, and we ended up with him. Yeah. Like, how to talk who has about Who has Neymar and Mbappé? <laughs> But he didn't you know want... that that we would fire Tuchel. You know, yeah. Tuchel was fired because Posh was. I mean, the talks have been going on for know, a while. It, it, didn't, it didn't happen like this. Yeah. And and and, and you fired Tuchel before Christmas, right before Christmas, because you have to because Posh is like, let's do it now, and and the club is like, yeah, it's okay. But if Manchester United it's... called, go ahead, go ahead, Matt. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think like I think the advantage we had is that. Obviously, him having the connection to the club, having been the captain of the team previously, I think that's really you see from his like from his Instagram posts and stuff when the guys, him and his uh, guys, are all like having to wander around in Paris or what have you as much as they can. I think it's obviously a place that he's got an affinity for and a club that he's got an affinity for. It's not even like he just turned up for you know he just played like ten games. You know he was he was in the team for a couple of seasons. He was captain and captain. whatnot. So uh, you know I think that probably was a happy coincidence for us that he's you know turned out to be a top manager who was available and uh it ticked a lot of boxes really didn't it so so yeah, yeah. happy happy to have him really and uh happy that so so far he seems to be having a positive impact yeah and maybe if arteta gets sacked by arsenal he could come down and be like his you know kit man or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> good idea yeah get the band back together yeah they absolutely. could recreate that photo from back in the day remember yeah. when Pach had the long hair and yeah i love that photo yeah. interestingly he moved to um bordeaux for two seasons after paris saint-germain so he's, he's he knows france he speaks french he knows the culture and again he was such a respected like love at first sight for for his teammates and for the fans very good it point. must have some. It's so subtle. It can be so. It can be so subtle. It, it's a mental game. It's 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 incredibly physical, but it's incredibly mental. Yeah, incredibly. There's, mental. there's something to be said for a manager that can connect with the players and speak the language, as, as you oh, said yeah. so eloquently. Guillaume isn't a weirdo like Tuchel. Um, so, um, well, let's keep it moving. I feel like we've touched on that game quite a bit. Um, Let's talk about the Champions League draw, which is probably what everybody wants to hear us talk about. I bloviated about this enough, so I'm just going to open this up. But was it last Friday now? Uh, they did the draw. PSG, Bayern Munich, rematch of the final. Um, a lot of Love people on, on Twitter kind wow. of nervous about this one. But I'm like, you know, I feel like PSG are right there with them, you know, squad-wise, talent for talent. I feel like our team is just as good as theirs. It just basically comes down to a little bit of luck. Who can deploy their tactics better and execute better and then whoever wins wins but um kose what do you think about the draw in general and playing Bayern munich again it's the toughest draw it's the toughest draw there's not a tougher there's not a tough there's not a tougher draw in the champions league city would have been harder right well even if we go through Bayern, we'll have to go through city so very different teams very very um I think that I mean I, I don't think we should shy away or anything. In in regards to what you said, I completely agree. It's uh, we have a fantastic squad. We saw what we can do against a team like Lyon. When Lyon 
uh, faced Bayern, uh, it finished three 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 to zero, I think. I'm pretty sure. It, so it did. it did, but the the first twenty minutes, whew. yeah, and and. And um, that Bayern was much, much better than the Bayern that, that Hansi Flick is managing now. So I think that, you know, if we go there, we're concentrated, we're able to, we're able to keep their, their chances at a minimum and, and exploit their high line, we, we can definitely go through. Um, what I feel is hard done by, because we are in the, the tough side of the bracket, <laughs> Um, and we'll have to face Bayern and Manchester City if we want to get to the final. But isn't well, isn't it tough because PSG are in it? Like we we definitely play a role in that. Absolutely, I agree too. Um, but I mean, the other side, look at it. Liverpool, a fluttering Liverpool is gonna face a a faltering Real Madrid. Um, and uh, the faltering, yeah. Yeah, no, no, they're there, they're there, they're there, they're there, they're there. They're there. Yeah, they are there. They, they they managed to do something with the squad that they have, but you know not to not to run away from topic. Um, I think this is gonna be an amazing matchup. Are gonna be incredible two games. Um, I, I I can't wait to see it. This is the night that that we live for, you know, especially with PSG. So let's just hope for the best. Um, and I'm 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 sure you know we can trust our team to to take us to the next round. I'm definitely gonna wear like a heart rate monitor and I'll I'll, I'll tweet out what my heart rate is throughout the game on this one. Matt, it should be an exciting game. Um, probably not the – I talked with Mark Damon about this on the other podcast. Probably not the sexiest pick. Um, you Looking at maybe a rematch with uh, Tuchel. Uh, not a rematch, but just uh, just playing our former manager would be interesting. And Thiago Silva. Uh, Liverpool would have been fun. City would have been interesting for geopolitical reasons. A lot of other sexier picks for out there. Geo, for geopolitical reasons. <laughs> Let's put that uh, politically correct. It's true, though. It's yeah. True. But and also, you know, two two of the best teams in Europe. But you know, we get Bayern. They can be had, can't they? They they've got some holes in the defense. Yeah, let's say that. Yeah. Uh, no, I am. Um, uh, um, when it first came out, I was like, oh, for you know, goodness sake. Um, but actually, like on reflection, I think is uh, why I think not? If you, yeah, exactly. Like you know. There's, I think they'll, they probably aren't that happy about getting us either. I mean, they, they wouldn't have. I guess Man City would probably oh, be the one they'd they wanted to not. avoid. But after that, like PSG is probably the team you, you'd least want to play really. And um, you know, we nearly beat them last time. It was not, it was not completely one-sided. I think you'd probably uh, say in the final we had the better of it for the first 45 minutes or so. Certainly the better opportunities. So, and that was like peak Bayern at their, you know, the top of their game. And this team is not from what I understand, sort of at the top of its game at all. So I think it's not a it's not a lost cause. I don't think we should have an inferiority complex about playing them. And I think we can easily, um, uh, you know, we can easily do something that's certainly going to be difficult and look at having to potentially play Man City in the next round. It's like, wow, if we, um, if we had the easy side of the draw last season, you know, in the last final stages, uh, we're certainly going to have to do it the hard way this time, aren't we? So... But you, yeah, you, I'm looking forward to it. The game last year in the final, what is it? Mbappe had that ankle injury. I think Verratti came on yeah. late. He, I mean, we weren't really exactly. at 100%. No, exactly. And we still gave them a really a good go. And it was, you know, you take into account the sort of state of the occasion as well, whereas they've, they're a team that's used to winning and being in those big finals. And we'd never been to the Champions League final before and had that sort of big monkey on our backs. Uh, so, 
if you add that in as well, I think the performance was was pretty good. Uh, obviously, we're a different prospect now in terms of you know a different manager in charge, so the approach is not going to be the same. But nonetheless, I think it, I bring it on. I say I think we can we can do it, uh, but it's going to be quite terrifying. I'm sure. Of, uh, bring it on, we can do it. I like that attitude. Yeah. Uh, Guillaume, it's going to be a difficult test. Um, one that should be exciting. Sure. But if you look at PSG just knocked Barcelona out, look how they're playing now. We all make jokes, but they're actually playing pretty good right now. So that should be a feather in our cap that's like, hey, we we knocked them out. And they're in really good form. They're playing well, messy and all that. We, we beat them 5-2 on aggregate. You know, Bayern might be the favorites only because they're the defending champions, but sure. we, could, we could beat them, right? I mean, what, what were your thoughts on the, on the draw? What do we have to lose? Yeah. We lose against Bayern. Oh, yeah, it's Bayern. Are Bayern Munich a better team now than they were last year? No. Are we a better team? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, we are. Why? Well, it looks like Diallo has won the starting. And Diallo as a left back adds so much to the defense. I'm not convinced that's Diallo. I think we like signed a player yeah. in January that's really good and we just put the Diallo shirt on the back of him. Diallo has shown as a left back he was he was promising. Yeah. He's not going to cause... Okay, I don't want to jinx it so I'm not going to say anything. He's not Kurzawa. He, he adds a physicality and also he has interesting box-to-box capacities. It feels like he can, he can, he cuts in. Uh, he wins duels. He's great in the air. He can. He's a central defender, so he can step in and sweep like a central defender. Gay Danilo is a new option for Posh. Paredes Verati is a new option for Posh. Mbappe is at hundred percent, and he's gonna. I don't want to jinx it. Looks like in two weeks he will be there. T- Hopefully Neymar will be, he won't be at 100%, but a 75% Neymar is fine. And Keane. Keane is bringing so much, guys, to this team. Keane's has a volume of work. Unbelievable. He's relentless. And he's precise, he's clinical, he scores, he presses, he doesn't stop. And he loves doing it. And you can tell that's the player he is. And he, he, he brings another option too. So we have more experience. I think we've raised our level to higher levels than ever. Again, again, that first half against Lyon, I, I don't remember the team playing at that level ever. I, I, may, you know, I may be wrong. Incredible. It's huge for the team. They're like, oh my God, you know, okay. So that's what we have to do. If we win the midfield or if we draw in midfield, like, okay, you know, we don't take them over, but they don't dominate the midfield like they can do. They, they are screwed. They are screwed. They are screwed. They, we will win these games. Do you and think... there is a, oh, go ahead. There's a chance we can do this. There's a chance we can do this. We have more weapons than we had. More tactical options than we had when we met them. The players are in better shape. And they're not... Bayern Munich is not in a better shape. They're still... They were down two goals against Dortmund. 
And they won the game 4-2. I mean, they are still an incredible team. But what do we have to lose? Or nothing. We have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. And it's, I think it's great for the team. They, they're like, you know, whatever, man. And they're going to play. They're going to play. They're going to believe. And they're going to play. And yes, we can beat Bayern Munich. And if we do, <laughs> if we don't, if we don't, that's okay. Do you, do you think, and I'll just open this up generally if anyone wants to chime in, but over the years we've become used to uh, last-minute surprises in terms of the starting lineup. Do we get a sense from Pochettino that, you know, moving Marquinhos into, like, a right winger? He, like, he's not going to do anything crazy, right? We're just, whatever's been working, he's going to stick with it. Can we try that just once? <laughs> he's going to stick. Yeah, he's not going to. He's not going to do anything. No, no, no surprises, hopefully. Uh-huh. But nice he, he has he has a starting lineup. Yeah, the options yeah. are in midfield. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Good thing it's not Pep Guardiola because you know he's gonna try some two 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 with uh against Dortmund. Something ridiculous. Yeah, Matt. Any that, any surprises you think? Uh, unless we can get like Serge Aurier back on loan to play like uh, centre back uh, again. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's pretty obvious from. Uh, the way Paredes, you know, obviously we know Paredes is going to be suspended for the first leg and he's now on the bench in the in the league team and we've got the sort of... It's also, uh, it's also yeah, the different suspended. midfield options being tried also out. that he's suspended. Yeah. Awesome. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you up, um, Matt. No, you're I'm, right. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very... I don't know why. I'm very... <laughs> it must be the... The forest air is uh, is giving you giving you optimism. Look at people, yeah, 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 yeah. Russian river, the Russian river is flowing by, and you're like, and the, and the Russian river. We're gonna win. That's why he's like, we've got nothing, <laughs> nothing to lose. Uh, game's gonna be yeah. in the nothing forest no matter what. And then, and then, Paradise is suspended first leg, so you can do your double pivot, hoping Gay and and Danilo will do the same game game again, again, and Verratti up front. And for the second, for the second leg, you you have you. Paris playing with Paradise and Verratti is a completely different team, much different team than not playing with Paradise and Verratti. Very different field. Yeah. How do you react to that as, as the opposition of Paris Saint-Germain? Not, not easy. Not easy. So I'm, allow me to, I'm feeling, I'm feeling this. Yeah. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling it. Yeah, well, yep. well, that's good. I mean, everyone, at least I've, heard from in the uh, PSG talk sphere um, has been pretty positive about this. Um, it'll be a challenge, but I think everyone likes our chances. Huge. Um, Huge. Yeah. But I, I want to talk about Neymar real quick, just because uh, it's been reported he, several times. That he's close to signing an extension and we all have talked about what that means, blah, blah, blah. But look at maybe potentially the downside. He has not played in that many games for PSG since he's been here. While he has played when he, when he is on the pitch, he's been amazing. There's been report that maybe there's going to be a bonus or something like that if he wins the Champions League. But do you think that PSG should try to protect themselves in this extension where if he doesn't appear in as many games or anything like that, that maybe they can get some money back or they're open to, you know, transferring him somewhere? But just in general, do you think PSG should be a little careful with this extension? It's been rumored that he'll, you know, a five-year extension. Um, Sorry, Kose, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, it's always a joy to see Neymar on the pitch, right? And um, I, 
you know, I always sure. knew, yeah, I always knew of his of his skills and I always knew of his abilities. But, you know, it was only until he came to PSG that, you know, he became my favorite player. And I yearn to see him play every week. And I think he's the best player in the world. So if you have a player of that caliber in your squad, um, you don't let him go. And I think that it would be a smart thing in principle or in paper um, to be like, okay, if you, you know, if you don't play these games or if uh, I think there definitely has to be an incentive, you know, um, for him to, to, to keep himself safer or, or I guess that comes down to what you believe, right? Does he, does he risk too much in his style of play? Or is that, or is his style of play just the way that he plays and the way that he enjoys the sport and the way that he expresses himself? So, it really comes out down to what your position is in 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 those terms. But I love to see him on the pitch. I was incredibly happy to see him come back against Leon. Um, I knew he was gonna get injured in that game against against Conf because it was written in the stars. You know, second division opposition shouldn't have played Neymar. They are trying to hurt everybody who they can. It's right before a big game. Like, it was just meant to be. And uh, I'm just happy that he's back. Hopefully, he'll be in a very good state by the by the time that we face uh, Bayern Munich. And I think that the that the that the contract renewals has to be has to be done now. You know, whatever whatever it is that we have to do, whatever it is whatever is the position that we as a club have to have to accept, just get it done and get him signed. Uh, Matt, would you put anything in there if you were Leonardo to protect the club, uh, given Neymar's injury history? Um, I don't know about putting anything in, but I would be considering how long I wanted the contract to be. I don't know how much leverage PSG have got in this situation. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Neymar is great now and he is in his prime right now and we are very lucky to have him, but he won't be like that forever. And I think, Kose, when we've been on before, you've said about uh, Brazilian attackers often hitting the wall as they get into their 30s and... Um, uh, I think that potentially tying ourselves to Neymar for another five years at you know astronomical wages could end up hurting us at some point. So I wonder if a shorter contract would be better. And I kind of think I wonder if football's going to go more that way anyway, with sort of shorter contracts and players moving around for free rather than commanding big transfer fees, like has always been the case. You know, obviously you guys know better than me that in American sports you don't have that sort of these transfer fees and stuff. And I wonder if it's not long before football will go down that path, particularly with COVID, like hitting everyone in the pocket. So, so yeah, I think it would be prudent for PSG to to do something like that, whether it be the whether it be some kind of clauses in there or maybe just a shorter contract duration. Uh, but whether that will happen or not, I don't know. I think it'll probably just well, yeah. Why hasn't he signed yet? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously some. There's but I saw the other. Cards, I saw the other. I saw the other day that Neymar's dad was like considering adding an extra year to the contract. I don't know what. Um, so that kind of kind of suggests it's going in the opposite direction rather than rather than getting shorter. So There's I guess we'll have to wait and see. Major talk going on. It's costing the club 100 million euros a year. <laughs> 100 for 30 million net salary. With all the labor taxes for employers in France, everything else. Yeah. Get the thirty million, the club pays one hundred per year. So we know that those Qatari people, in, you know, when they walk in the streets of Paris, behind them you see like 
people with three thousand dollar suits. Part of the they are, you know, CPAs, lawyers, corporate services, consultant, blah 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 blah. The talks are ongoing. They are, yeah. They, of course, they're trying to. Of course, we'll see. Uh, but like like Kosi said, well, one day, yeah. yeah, yeah, we want to, we want to, we want to keep him. Yeah, Matt, you said PSG maybe don't have a whole lot of leverage. I think they have a little bit. I just don't know how many other clubs can even afford Neymar where he would want to go. Like he can't go to Barcelona, so like where else would he go? So I think PSG could play a little bit of hardball if they only went into maybe a three-year deal or something. They could maybe push back a little bit. But I agree. Keeping him is definitely the way to go. I was just curious about that. I think it was a different angle. Maybe some people don't think about. Um, so, guys, yeah. go ahead, man. Do you want to wrap up that topic? No, I was just, yeah. just going to say, you look at the state Barcelona in at the moment where they're sort of wedded to Messi's enormous uh, contract and have been for some years and possibly hasn't. Obviously, they still get Messi, which is great, but it possibly hasn't benefited the, their squad in other areas. So I know there's other issues there as well. So you don't wouldn't want PSG to be in that situation in a few years either. Yeah, we do not want to be Barcelona, that is for sure. We, uh, we're <laughs> Something coming we can up, all agree on, yeah. <laughs> We're coming up on an hour, and we did get a couple of good questions in that I wanted to ask. Uh, so this one comes from at Disembodied Dog. Uh, does PSG have any up-and-coming youth players? Also, when can you see Xavi Simons getting more playing time? I've heard PSG has trouble maintaining their youth <sighs> products. I love the show. Uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Disembodied Dog. Appreciate that. Uh, Xavi is a hell of a, a youth player. He's kind of the most notable probably just because his uh, social media profile. I mean, I think he's got almost nearly as many followers as like Mbappe or something. But uh um, and he's from the Barcelona Academy. I think he's a promising up-and-coming player. How long he stays, I don't know. There was that one player, was it um, Koulibaly? He's going to Dortmund. I feel like a lot oh, of wow. our good players leave and, and go to either like Leipzig or, or Dortmund. That kind of seems the pipeline right now. We can't really hold on to our best players. Do you guys ever see that changing? Just because PSG are at a, a status where like these guys are never going to break through and get any meaningful time. Kwasi was the only one that you could make the argument that who had a real opportunity to get real playing time was Silva leaving, and he left for Bayern Munich. So like, even if we do have good players, I mean, can we hang, hang on to any of these guys? Anybody want to take that one? It's, sure. Uh, no, I'm just saying it's a hard, it's a, it's it's a hard one because. How do you balance, and it's important because I think every serious team in the world needs to be able to do this, but how do you balance the up-and-coming talents with the stars that you have? And it's incredible to me how so many teams have fixed their situations with players that come from their academy schools, you know? And uh, you can see this especially in Spain where, you know, COVID has hit hard. Um, I, I think less than less. I think only one team in the whole Spanish league spent more than ten million dollars last um, last transfer. That tells you about the state of it, of economics down there. And I think that that is the perfect example of what a team can achieve when you don't have players of that you can just buy or you, you don't have transfer fees that you can just you know use in these big signings. So you you confectionate teams that are completely based of of youth and promise and uh, you know some players end up working wonders for those teams. And you can see that with Barcelona the way that they've rejuvenated their squad with uh, 
people like Pedri, um, Trincao, Ricky Push, or Valencia, who have the youngest starting uh, average in um, 11 in the, in the entire league. And they're doing something that's very interesting. So I would be very, very excited to see these PSG players get time and be able to um, to really come into their own and, and become their own Kimpembe, you know, or or the the promise that never never fulfilled from from Ariola, but um, you know, become these serious squad players that come from the academy. Um, I think that's important in any club, and I just think that in PSG it's hard because of the amount of stars that we have, um, and especially because our coach isn't known to to be the most proactive in letting academy players you know get a starting role in the team. So I think that's really a hurdle that we have to go to get through because it's. It's costing us, and it, it would be very, very exciting to see what one of the greatest talent pools in the world can bring if given the appropriate time and and just, you know, being able to grow next to these amazing superstars and be able to learn from them. Yeah, and Guillaume, in addition to Pochettino maybe not favoring uh, youth players, being in a title race late in the season doesn't help some of these younger players get playing time either. Um, but just, uh, I guess, is there a player that you're, you kind of have your eye on that you hope to see get some playing time a little bit more. Um, another player I mentioned a couple, but Pem- Pembele is another one that I think has a lot of promise. Hopefully he sticks around. Um, but I'll let you take it. Do you, do you have anyone that you think could make an impact or get some playing time late in the season? Late in the season, maybe, like you said, this season might be a little difficult because of the title race. But we, it's, we cry when they leave. And there's a lot. If you, if you Google, you know, PSG Youth Academy, and you see the number of, of very decent players that uh, this academy produces, um, I mean, it, it's, it, the list is getting bigger and bigger year after year. It's a huge academy sitting on the on on the Paris region, which is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, reservoir players in the world. Can we keep them all? No, we sell them and. It brings a little money to the club. And then, you know, we have our eyes on a few names here and there. Who knows how they're going to develop? They're great now. Are they going to get better? Uh, Kimpembe sucked. He sucked. Nobody thought he would ever. And then it's so difficult to know. It's so difficult to know. Um, There's one player now, you know, of course, his name went a giant. He's He's 17 now. I think he's six five in midfield, and he has got some football. I forgot his name. He's he's very interesting, and with that physicality, and every club is looking at him. So he's a jewel. But yeah, there's a there's a few every year we're gonna hear um, about this guy and that guy. If they sell them, they sell them for a little bit of money, and uh, you know, three million here, five million there. They, it, 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 it's good. It's good business. It's kind of like PSG's side hustle. It's like if PSG were into like mid-level marketing, it would be their youth academy. Like, they, oh, we'll just do this on the side. Our main business is like deals with Accor and Nike, and we'll just sell our youth players and make a little money on the side. Um, Matt, but we are. Yeah, we yeah we make a little money. Um, we make twenty twenty million. You know, between twelve to twenty million a year, it's 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 a little bit of money, isn't it? It is. It's a bit of money. Club like yeah. that will take it. Matt, anything you want to add to this? Um, not really. I just I I think the guys have summed it up pretty well. I think it's really hard to 
balance that thing between being an elite club and wanting to give young players a chance. It's really difficult to to find the right moment to do that when there's a lot of pressure to basically win every game. Um, and also to Guillaume's point that you never know how these players are going to turn out, do you? I was just looking while we were talking at the um, the the award which PSG give to their most promising young player Chichi every Dora. season. Titi Dor. I, I was not going to pronounce it because that in English sounds a bit weird. Um, <laughs> if you get the pronunciation wrong. Um, but like the last ten years, players have won it. Obviously, especially when Areola won it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh Come on. God, I love that. Was a good joke. That was good. That was a, that was a good joke. <laughs> uh, um, I yeah. So for the last ten years, obviously you've got um, you've got like Kingsley Coman on there, and you've got uh, Tange uh, Kuasi on there. Uh, but the other players are not like all the elite clubs now. You've got like Ongenda on. Ongenda, who uh, Rabio was probably he isn't on my list that I'm looking at here, but you've got like Ongenda out in Romania, you've got Jean Kevin Augustin, who's had like quite a weird career and got a few health problems at the moment, you've got Edouard at Celtic, you know, DRB by Leverkusen, which is all right, but not right but I can go on, you know, like there's you know, these guys are not uh, other elite clubs in the main, so it's a bit you you never really know, um, you never really know how young players are going to develop, and it's not. It's not just as easy as sticking them in our team, thinking, "Oh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be the next star and they're gonna save us like a 50 million transfer fee or whatever." So, I do sympathise a bit with the with the first team having to sort of having to tread that balance. But it would be nice to see a few of them between now and the end of the season. I know, like, I quite enjoyed seeing Ruiz Ruiz Atti at the start of the season. He seemed quite interesting, but I think Poch has uh, binned him off back to the under 19s, hasn't he? And it seems like he might be might be off elsewhere. So. Maybe we won't see him in a in a PSG shirt again, and he'll be another one who, who gets away to better things or other things at least. Yeah, I mentioned Rabio, and I totally forgot he came up through the Man City Youth Academy. Rabio, yeah, Rabio was he was already an arsehole when he was a kid, and uh, that <laughs> that trend has continued for his adult life, just like moving around everywhere, pissing people off. And it. and all it takes is one player. Like suddenly a world class player comes out, you know, generational comes out of the of the academy. It pays for the last twenty years of development. And that's what they're banking on. And they and eventually. I mean Mbappe was born in Bondi, but he ended up in Monaco. He's back he's back with us now. There's gonna be other players like this. And if it's not, you know, a generational player. If he's a solid international level player and you sell him 50, 60, 70 million euros, there you go. I mean, the position, PSG Youth Academy is on. And, and then brand new grounds, 200 million euros. Oh, and the image of the club. Every kid in Paris, every kid in France wants to play. Football. Maybe they'll let us, uh, when COVID's over, we can go over there and record a podcast. That'd be fun oh. to check out the new... Oh, setup awesome. they've got over there. Don't they have like orange trees or some kind of fruits and they're going to make their own juices? I mean, it, it sure. just looks like paradise out there. Maybe I can get an Airbnb nearby and vacation <laughs> out there. Um, last question, and this will be a yes or no from all of you. This one comes from, in from at PSG Opinions. Sounds like they should be on the show. But uh, they ask, does PSG still have a shot at beating Bayern if Kurzawa and Danilo both start? Can PSG beat them? With those two players starting, Guillaume, what do you think? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. Matt. Yes. Laven Kazawa fan club says yes. And uh, Kose. 
No. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm with you. I'm gonna say no too. I don't. I don't think so. Maybe Danilo can pass, but Kurzawa really tips the tips the glass. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna need maybe a, a more defensive-minded left back. I don't know if Kurzawa is is the guy. Like for Jello. This. Yeah. Maybe. Even Mitchell Bacher, I would I would say give him a shot yeah. over Kurzawa. Jello, Jello, Jello. Yeah, Diallo's the man. So oh, hopefully yeah. he can stay healthy. Um, all right, guys. Um, we're over an hour. It was a really good show. Um, let's start with Matt. How can people find you on social media if they want to say hello? Uh, yeah, you can look me up on Twitter. I'm at PSG Tourist. Great. And then Guillaume, how can they find you? Off the door one on Twitter. And finally, Kose. Uh, at Kose Senior. You got the best Twitter handle. I like that. And yeah. I am... As always, at PSG Talk, make sure you visit the website, psgtalk.com. We're all over social media, YouTube, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, Twitch. And Twitch, yeah. I should mention, if you get a chance, go ahead and subscribe to the official PSG Twitch channel. Um, we will, we on it? Yeah, we should be on it, hopefully. Um, we'll see if we can keep this thing rolling. Uh, we go live on there for about an hour once a week, and we'll chat. We had Jonathan Johnson on last time. Um, we had Ty from PSG Talk here. He came on for a bit. We'll try to get some of you guys on there um, on upcoming shows, and uh, we'll see how long we can keep it up. It should be fun. The, the last show is archived, so if you go there, you can watch it on replay. Um, and that's it. That's all we got. Thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a, a little review if you wouldn't mind, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone.